You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, Augusto 1st, Augusto the 1st. As always, I'm your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at the site Just Baseball, where I'm a staff writer, and boy, oh boy, am I going to be busy this week. Ladies and gentlemen, you can also follow me on Twitter, by the way, at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres, or you can check me out on YouTube to see what shirt I'm wearing. And oh boy, did I have to wear a shirt today, because we got some trades, ladies and gentlemen. We did, we did. The weekend following this past weekend, which was my birthday weekend, I received the San Diego Padres City Connect shirt, not a jersey, which is cool. Hot take. First hot take of today's podcast. I always have preferred uh, sports shirts versus jerseys because shirts, what what is more representative of fandom than being able to wear something that you can always wear? Jersey, you can't necessarily go to wear. I mean, you could, but it feels weird if you're just going to office wearing a Fernando Tatis Jr. jersey. I, I don't make the rules. I don't make the rules for society. I'm just saying what the reality is. But anyway, that was a long tangent, guys. Today, we're going to be talking about the Padres trading for Josh Hader out of seemingly almost nowhere, but not really, uh, and then extending Sir Cotton Eye Joe, Joe Musgrove. Guys, we've wasted enough time. Let's first talk about Josh Hader. We got to talk about Josh Hader because that is the move that wasn't really reported on at all for the most part. It had leaked out a little bit over the weekend, over this past weekend, and maybe even a little bit before the uh, the week before, that the Brewers were interested in shopping around Josh Hader, which is kind of shocking in a number of ways. Because first of all, baseball is the only sport in the world, uh, seemingly where you could be at the top of your division and have a clear path to the playoffs, but you're sellers all of a sudden, right? Apparently, the Brewers are also looking to move Colton Wong, who I think is pretty underrated and a pretty decent player, but nonetheless they decided to move Josh Hader. And the Padres, full trade, we got we to gotta bring up the full trade, the Padres received Josh Hader in exchange for Taylor Rogers. That's right, Taylor Rogers just kicked to the curb. I defended the guy, basically, and not only just my article for Just Baseball last week, but also uh, on this here podcast, so that's crazy. They also sent Denelson Met, S.J.A. Ruiz, and Robert Gasser. Those are kind of the main pieces of this. Let's talk about Rogers really quickly. I said I think that his FIP uh, didn't match ever since the beginning of, of June, didn't really match the production that was going out there. I thought he would improve, but in fairness, he'd been blowing a lot of saves and he'd been really bad. So I understood the Padres' need to potentially bolster their bullpen or at least swap the Corzo role for a little bit, which Luis Garcia closed this weekend's uh, game on Sunday, which, yeah, we're not going to be talking about this weekend series, guys, because this is what happens. I waited to record my episode because I had a feeling. I had a, a little birdie. I had a little feeling that the Padres might make some moves today. But let me tell you, man. Uh, Rodgers had been really rough. Then you have Denelson Lamette, who we've talked about on this podcast a whole, whole lot, guys. And that's because, you know, it's... How do I put this? How do I put this? He's He just kind of declined a lot. I put out a tweet over the weekend saying that Denelson Lamette is kind of the perfect summation of why Padres fans don't seem to trust the team when it comes to injuries, especially to pitchers. And some people responded saying, look, like, Denelson Lamette is the one who opted for that surgery. I know. 
I know. I get that. That is a fair point. 100% I understand that. I probably should have been more clear in the tweet. But the bottom line is that just trusting the organization in general, whenever an arm gets hurt, people are always nervous. And I brought this up with Mackenzie Gore on a previous episode, so people are nervous. And Lamette is a good reason why. He's completely fallen off. This is a guy who's a Cy Young contender. Quite literally in 2020. And then in 2021, they're like, oh, yeah, he's hurt a little bit. He elects to not go for the Tommy John and all that. And then all of a sudden, he's putting up a triple-A ERA of over 10. So he's been messed uh, messed up. But now come the, the more interesting, I think, players that were involved in this trade, ladies and gentlemen. And that is Estuary Ruiz and Robert Gasser. So Estuary Ruiz had been called up for the Padres. And... He did okay. He didn't do anything major, but he showed the speed. He showed some good defensive plays, actually. He made a nice dive and catch at one point, I think, in the Rockies series. And on top of that, he was just a player that we kind of needed, considering that the Padres outfield has been pretty weak for a lot of this year. So they trade him. He's one of the biggest breakout prospects, kind of, uh, of the season. And then you trade Robert Gasser, who I'm going to be full transparent. I don't know too much about the guy, aside from the fact that he is the top kind of pitching prospect in the Padres farm system. Might get you nervous by saying that, but in fairness, it's not like he's a top overall sort of prospect. He's just top pitching prospect in the Padres system. Could he elevate and go up there as time goes on? Absolutely could. But for now... Ladies and gentlemen, Josh Hader's a San Diego Padre. He's for sure going to be the new closer. And my my uh, a friend of mine, sort of, uh, a Twitter friend of mine, Nick Lee on Twitter. Obviously, Nick, Twitter friend of mine, Nick Lee on Twitter. That was a weird way to phrase it. Uh, he put out there, he was like, hey, the Padres got like the best closer in baseball. And I saw some replies that were saying, best closer in baseball. And people were sharing screenshots of Jordan Romano. And Ryan Helsley was a guy that other people were making uh, putting on there. The key with Josh Hader in this trade is to not just view him as a guy for this season. First of all, he's under contract through 2023, which is nice. This is not just a half-season rental. Um, Josh Hader has been one of the most effective relievers in baseball for a very long time. Ryan Helsley's kind of new, and Jordan Romano is new, and Edwin Diaz of the Mets He's been kind of new in terms of how dominant he's been this season. I mean, that guy's got a negative FIP over the last, like, two months. I literally don't know how that's possible, by the way. that's basically, That doesn't make any sense for people who understand field independent pitching. But throughout his whole career, he's never had an ERA in a season over three. In fact, the highest he had was in 2020, which was a 2.99. Before that, 2.39. Uh, 2021, 2.18. 2018, 2.22. Or, I'm sorry, I'm looking at expected ERA. My mistake, guys. But bottom line, the expected ERA still st- says a lot. But this year, however, he's got an ERA over four, and in large part due to the fact that he's had some kind of mythical blowups uh, lately. Uh, that is Josh Hader. And that's a little bit of a reason to be concerned. Although, there is reason, guys, that my, my buddy Nick is calling him the best closer in baseball. The strikeout stuff, the fact that he basically never gives up home runs, or at least has never really given up a lot of home runs. The fact that he can get guys to chase. The fact that he just makes guys look pretty silly at the plate. His strikeout rate is absolutely ridiculous, to be honest with you. His 40% strikeout rate that he's still rocking right now, albeit a little bit lower than the 45% he had last year. He doesn't walk too many batters. That causes too much for concern. His walk rate's actually down uh, this year to 8.5 from the 10.7% it was at last year. But that's that's the big thing, is he's not giving up super hard stuff, and when people do make contact off of him, it's like a single. right? So that's been the big thing with Josh Hader. He's been good for a long time. Um, 
and I know that he had some blow-ups, but I would not be worried about that necessarily being a giant indicator that he's completely fallen off. At least that's not one reason. I do have some other reasons around this trade, guys. I do have some other things I want to bring up about this trade. But before we talk about that, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, when it comes to to replacing your closer that's been struggling and getting uh, you know, a new employee for yourself, dare I say, uh, Josh Hader's a pretty good fit if that's what direction you want to go in, guys. And also, when it comes to looking for new employees, as you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small businesses fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post on LinkedIn in minutes to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 10 million, or I'm sorry, 810 million, 10 million people. Those are rookie numbers. <laughs> to, to quote Matthew McConaughey in uh, Wolf of Wall Street, those are rookie numbers. 810 million people, guys. That's nuts. You can add the hashtags and the hiring frame so everybody knows that you're hiring, and it's just great. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Hold on, ladies and gentlemen. Here's the good part. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MLB. That's linkedin.com slash MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Well, we got no, no time to waste now, do we, guys? We got no time to waste at all. We, we just don't have any time to waste whatsoever. Guys, I also want to remind you, go check out all the other Locked On MLB pods. Everybody's doing breakdowns this week of every trade. We just had a Frankie Montas deal to the Yankees. They also traded for a reliever. The Astros just got Trey Mancini. All sorts of crazy stuff. Uh, so be sure to follow whatever respective podcast for whatever respective deal you want to hear about. Let's continue talking about this deal because there's a lot of different I guess, areas to kind of talk about with this. The thing that would make me nervous if I'm a Padres fan is that the Brewers are a team that anyone who's listened for the pod a while, I've made fun of them. I don't know where they get off thinking that they can be one of the, like the 22nd highest payroll, yet they're consistently good and they've had a good team and they haven't been in the World Series in forever. I don't know where they get off thinking that they just don't spend and they don't uh, invest and they don't decide to go forward, right? They don't decide to go for Freddie Freeman. They don't decide to go for any of these guys. They, they are a team that should be trading for Josh Bell or something like that, right, guys? I don't know the full needs of the Brewers, but you get my point, right? So... From that perspective, I'm always I always love making fun of the Brewers. It was so bad that the team literally put out like an apology or like a note, uh, basically on its Twitter account. Uh, the players we are receiving in this trade help ensure the future of the Milwaukee Brewers remains bright while not compromising our desire and expectation to win today. Like, just it's it's funny, you know, it's weird when you have that tweet going up. But all of that being said, in fairness, like. You know, yes, he's going to cost roughly $4 million more next year, Josh Hader, so maybe that's why the Brewers are like, guy to get rid of him now. But <sighs> the Brewers, if you just look at their team overall, they don't miss on trades very often. So that would be what I'm nervous about if I'm the Padres, right? 
what I'd be nervous about is on top of the fact that he's gotten really blown up recently, maybe he's just a little bit out of it. It happens. Closers get blown up sometimes. And the ERA is not really always the best way to view closers sometimes. Uh, there's been plenty of closers that have had an ERA that's really low for one year, but that doesn't make them great. So that's that's one aspect of this, right? But the other thing is the Brewers don't usually miss on trades, and I'm wondering if they thought, much like how I've talked about the Luke Voigt trade, and did the Yankees say, oh, this is, let's, he's actually not that good, and we want to trade him and at least get something because we have Rizzo. What if the Brewers are saying, well, we have Devin Williams, the airbender, so let's at least get something for Hader until he, we think he's going to decline dramatically. Padres are a team that for the past few years have been buying high on nearly everybody, whether it's you Darvish, whether it's Blake Snell, whether it's Adam Frazier at the deadline last year, Mike Clevenger. They're a team that has bought high and they don't necessarily sneak guys. I mean, they maybe snuck Grisham, but then those guys, Eric Lyra and Luis Urias, turned out to be okay players in return. So that's what I would be nervous about if I'm a Padres fan. Right? I'd be nervous that the Brewers don't do silly moves for the most part. The silly thing about the Brewers is them not investing and them not spending more money and going out and saying, we're actually going to buy at the deadline because we're good and we literally lead our damn division. But more so, excuse me, but more so that this is a team that doesn't usually miss on trades. Uh, so I'd be a little bit nervous about that. You know, I talked about Blake Snell, that team, the Rays, don't, they don't miss on trades all that all that often. So I'd be a little bit nervous on that. But that being said, he's still just 28 years old, and if there was a decline that was going to happen, 28 years old seems a little bit young for me and my taste, especially considering that his strikeout rate is still pretty good uh, when it comes to the rest of closers. He's in the 99th percentile uh, across all of baseball. The velocity is still there. He's still generating whiffs. He's still getting people to chase. He's been awesome with that. It's just that the hard contact as of late, with a lack of spin and whatnot has been leading to all these crazy blowups, right? That has been a problem for Josh Hader. That does need to be brought up. I mean, he's been uh, a mess for them when it comes to that, guys. But now, he's on the Padres. The last thing I want to talk about with this trade is that, did I think that the Padres need to make this move? I don't know, uh, for the most part. It is true that they did not give up some of their top golden eggs. If there is to be a Juan Soto deal that breaks out, heck, by the time I finish recording this podcast, it could happen. But, you know, it's nice that you didn't give up Robert Hassel. You didn't give up James Wood. You didn't, And those guys are key, by the way. I bet you that the fact that James Wood and Robert Hassel weren't traded and the fact that they were trading Estrella Ruiz is that they feel good about those guys as their outfield prospects. And they said, Ruiz, he's good, we love him, but we can afford to get rid of him because we have a lot of outfielders coming in and whatnot. So that's probably what they're saying, especially with Jerickson Profar being so good this year. I think has helped them say, all right, maybe our outfield can survive until some of these guys get called up. Mm. So I don't mind trading Ruiz. Robert Gasser, like I said, not a top level 100 prospect. He's just the top pitching prospect for the Padres. Um, so I understand that. My big thing with this trade is, first of all, the Padres have been attached to Josh Hader since I've been covering this podcast, probably even before then uh, with Josh Hader. I remember in 2020, the Padres' Twitter almost seemingly manifested trade rumors by itself just because they wanted him. They manifested Josh Hader trade rumors. It was actually pretty nuts. It was like 2020 around like May, June, August, whenever the deadline was uh, that year. It was pretty funny to see that. So I love that. But for me, I talked about in my article over at Just Baseball that 
the Padres sort of, they hadn't been all that bad when it came to their bullpen. When you came to look at sort of the advanced, I don't even want to say advanced. It's not like they had advanced stats, but like in terms of the more stats behind the hood, because yes, Taylor Rogers had blown a lot of saves. Yes. It's annoying that Luis Garcia has had a lot of blowups this season, right? That is true, but, but. Their bullpen, I didn't think was all that bad. I already talked about Rodgers and how I thought he would improve. But for me, the Padres, I actually thought that they should have gone in the direction of, you know, get a solid sort of guy. Maybe go around bargain bin hunting for your Anthony Basses of the Marlin types, right? Like guys that aren't necessarily going to be costing this level of capital and assets, right? And not that there's, not that they gave up a ton, right? But I'm just saying overall, I don't know if that was the first place that I would be heading, right? Like I said, with the bullpen this year, um, they rank 15th in ERA, which is, you know, middle of the pack, middle of the road at 3.89, but 8th and 5th with 3.74 FIP and F4. So it's not that awful, especially when you consider that they've had a lot of injuries with Pierce Johnson and Robert Suarez and Drew Pomeranz. So, you know, that's that's a good part to bring up to this. It is wild. It is absolutely wild that the struggles of Taylor Rogers happen and they just kick the guy to the curb. Like, I, it was really insane that they were like, yeah, see ya. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's pretty wild that that happened, guys. So from that perspective and all that considered, all the prospects they gave up, the fact that I am scared that the Brewers might know what they're doing when it comes to the specific moves they make. I give this trade like a B or a B plus. Um, I like Josh Hader. He could make me look stupid within the next week, and he could return to elite status. He really could. Uh, I still think he is elite status because of the pedigree, because of the history of being so dominant, right? Is he the best closer in baseball this year? No. That is probably Edwin Diaz, who's been literally untouchable. And then you've got Ryan Helsley, right? But in terms of just the best overall closer, who's been in baseball for a while and has been doing it for a while, that's Josh Hader. And man, oh man, did this move come out of nowhere. And I know what you're wondering. Does this move, what does this mean for Juan Soto, right? Like, does this mean that the Padres are out of the running? They gave up some assets. They had a whole press conference for Joe Musgrove, who we're going to get into in a second. Does this mean they're out for Soto? No, because they still have Hassel. They still have C.J. Abrams. They still have Mackenzie Gore, maybe even a Luis Campizano if the Nationals want to double up on catcher prospects. And, you know, uh, uh, there's there's some other prospects that I'm blinking on right now. Who's the other one that they have? Abrams, Hassel, Wood. There's some other one that I'm missing out on. Oh, did I say Mackenzie Gore? There we go. Uh, so they still have some of their bigger horses if they want to make that big splash deal for Juan Soto. I don't necessarily know if that's the direction I would go in. I think that there are some other kind of cheap outfielders you might be able to get, like Ian Happ, Ramon Laureano, Robbie Grossman, guys like that. But it still leaves the door open, right? And that's really, really key. I don't think the Padres are done yet. But if they're not, this is still really great. This is still really great. I still like the move for the most part, but it's not a foolproof kind of plan, right? We still have to see how Josh Hader performs. But it's gonna be it's it's gonna be fun, man. The Padres are clear; they're not giving up, man. AJ Preller, quiet for too long, ladies and gentlemen. So this is really exciting. Hopefully, like I said, by the time I finish recording this podcast, something nutty doesn't happen, and that the Dodgers get Juan Soto. Which, honestly, with you, to be perfectly honest, the writing feels on the wall for that. I just I smell it, guys. I really do, and it stinks. But until then, we're not gonna talk about that. Instead. We're going to talk about old Cotton Eye Jojo Musgrove, ladies and gentlemen, extended by the San Diego Padres.
But before we get into that, maybe you, at the beginning of the season, you were betting that Joe Musgrove was going to be awesome. He was going to win the Cy Young. And maybe you were betting, yeah, he's going he's gonna to stay with the Padres. He's going to take in the World Series. You know, Musgrove's a big part of why the Padres may make the World Series. But if you're a betting person, and maybe you're not buying into the Padres, maybe you want to bet on another team. Maybe you're saying, oh, I like that Cleveland team. I bet their odds are really, really low. I'm going to bet on them or whatever, right? Okay, okay. Well, guess what's got you covered with all that, guys? BetOnline.net. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. My voice just cracked right there. That was very unfortunate. But we move on, guys. Find reviews and news of every league. Obviously, baseball. They got the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and they've even got golf for you. All right, guys? They got you covered on everything. So go check it out. Use your mobile device or use your laptop, whatever you have, to learn more about the action happening today. Bet online where the game starts. Mm-mm-mm. Got to take a sip of water. I've been talking a lot today, ladies and gentlemen. I, it's, it's a nutty day. I was in the middle of a, of a, a meeting for at work. And I was, like, talking. They said, hey, update us on what you've been doing. And all of a sudden, I got the alert from Jet Passon, and I was losing my mind. I was like, oh, my. It was crazy. And the funniest thing is that wasn't even the only move that happened, guys. It was suggested on Friday from John Heyman that the Padres and Joe Musgrove were in deep talks for an extension. And that came to fruition today. They announced it. Five years, $100 million for Joe Musgrove for me. I mentioned that the Josh Hader, like a BB plus move for me as of right now, because for all the reasons that I outlined, but for this, this is an AA plus move for the Padres, in my opinion. I understand if you're one of those people that in general is like, hey, the Padres, they're, they're, their payroll's getting up there and Joe Musgrove, maybe there's going to just be somebody else that materializes, right? I wrote about this at Just Baseball a while ago, the Joe, the ballad of Joe Musgrove and the payday ahead, right? But one of the things that I mentioned is, if anybody's seen Guardians of the Galaxy 2, there's a line that Peter Quill has at the end, where it's, he says, you know, sometimes that thing you're searching for your whole life, it's right there by your side all along. As far as I've been following the Padres, or even hearing about them, they haven't had their own guy when it comes to starting pitching for at least a while. I know you had Jake Peavy, and there's been some good guys before, right? That Even Andrew Kashner had at least one good season, I, I think. And then you had Tyson Ross. You've had guys that have been good before. But, like, a real guy, that's you. He's a San Diego native. He threw the first no-hitter in Padres history. And bottom line is he just seems like a great dude from everything I've heard and people I've talked to. They love interacting with him when he goes to, like, that taco place that had a meal thing named after him. It's cool. The Padres just seem to have a guy that is truly San Diego and truly theirs. That's what's awesome about this deal. So while, yes, you could say, uh, that's a lot of money for this guy. Like, do we want to be spending more money considering how much money we've been putting out? I get that. But bottom line is, I think Musgrove, every single thing he's been doing has been legit. I love the spin rates. I love the the way he makes up for the dip in velocity. Or not even dip in velocity, but the fact that his fastball isn't going 98 or anything like that. Right? I love the way he pitches. It's so much fun seeing just the amount of different pitches he throws. In five years, $100 million, just to talk about it from the perspective of the Padres, you know, one of the things that I mentioned was all the other deals we got this last offseason. And that was an offseason in which the market was was really competitive, right, when it came to starting pitching. There was a lot of guys out there that people were interested in. 
and what have you. And some of the deals that happened were Kevin Gosman, Robbie Wright, Jose Barrios, and Marcus Stroman. All right? Now, here's the thing. Joe Musgrove is going to be making less than that. Albeit not like a crazy amount less, but it wasn't a crazy amount more. And that's the thing. I could easily have seen Joe Musgrove test free agency and have a team that's desperate for starting pitching. Maybe a Cardinals, right? Heck, maybe even a Yankees if they had not traded for Frankie Montas. Or maybe the Red Sox this offseason that they decide, you know, we, we need pitching so bad, we'll give you six years, 160, whatever. Like, you guys get my, my main point. I'm not saying that's what he would have gotten, but around that range, and they got him for a little bit less. Robbie Ray got five years, $115 million. Kevin Gosman got five years, $110 million. Barrios got seven years, $131. And then Marcus Stroman got three years, $71 million, which is the highest AAV of all the bunch, albeit for just three years. So, yes, I understand if you're just an overall person that is very skeptical of paying out guys and you're saying, man, this, this roster, it's got a lot. But for me... The other big thing that you have to think about when it comes to Joe Musgrove, guys, is <sighs> very important thing that their pitching for the future isn't all quite set in stone. Mike Clevenger, who's been really effective for the team um, and has been, you know, pitching the most that he's been pitching, he reached over seven, seven and six innings lately. He's been pitching really well. He's a free agent after the year, and then Sean Manaya is a free agent after the year. Although he's been shaky lately, so maybe Padres fans wouldn't mind that, but. And on top of that, as I mentioned with Robert Gasser, they don't necessarily have a lot of farm talent coming up, which is why I think Mackenzie Gore is unlikely to be moved because they want to have at least someone now that they got rid of Gasser that they could feel a little bit more excited about when it comes to pitching, young pitching prospects, right? And then you've got Blake Snell and you Darvish attached. You want to at least, and Darvish, don't get me wrong, he's been great this year. Snell, eh, you know, not so much, but... You want to be able to say, we got our anchor. We know that this guy is here for five years. Even when Darvish and Snell, whenever those contracts are up after next year, you got a guy who you know is going to be with you. So I think it's a great move. I love it. I love that it wasn't this giant overpay, which is really great. And I just love that Joe Musgrove's back. It's so fun. It's really, really fun, guys. So it is a huge, huge day for Padres fans. And I really do think that there isn't really... Uh, there, there isn't really... um anything that could have made this day better, honestly, aside from a Juan Soto deal, I guess, I suppose. But we'll see what the Padres keep doing. Uh, Joe Musgrove, it's just, it's awesome to see, man. It's awesome to see that he's staying with the team. I know the team is really amped. I imagine they are. He's been a leader of the clubhouse. He's been so, so good, so consistent, so steady, a steady force. Last year, one of the few people that didn't seem to have some sort of whatever, just, uh, uh, um, what's the term? Just implosion of any kind. I know Manny Machado was good. I know Tatis was good. But they had their own implosions of a different kind of uh, vein. Uh, Musgrove was just always there, even in the collapse last year. And that, per for me, says a lot about just his abilities as a pitcher, his attitude towards things. It's awesome. It is one of the great moves that this organization has made, I think, uh, at least in the past few years, when it comes to trading for him and extending him. I love it. It means that you have your anchor for a while. Makes you feel a little bit better about the fact that what are we going to get out of Snell next year? What are we going to get out of Darvish? You know, are we bringing back Clevenger? I don't know. And what's going to happen with Nick Martinez and Mackenzie Gore and some of these guys, right? So I love that they did that. And another note, by the way, on Mackenzie Gore with the injury that who knows what's going to happen there, right? So it's really great that they brought back Musgrove. And I can't, I can't stop saying that enough. It's awesome. It's, it's absolutely phenomenal. And I really was wondering if he was going to get paid like a lot more and if that was why uh, it had taken so long to get an extension. But 
The news happened. It's awesome. Let me give you guys a reminder. The lowest ERAs through 11 starts in Padres history. 1.47 ERA from Jake Peavy. And then 1.50 from Joe Musgrove this year. Don't get me wrong. We've had a lot more stats starts since then. He's had a couple blowups. I think it was the the, the, the start he had after the, the COVID stint. Um, he didn't do as well. He hasn't had like a dominant, oh my God, Joe Musgrove start in a little bit. But bottom line is he's been super good, super effective. And I can't wait to see him in Padres yellow and brown and stripey and and Miami Vicey City Connecty, you know, uh, whatever colors that he's going to be rocking for a while. Really, really cool stuff, guys. And hopefully the rest of the trade deadlines goes the Padres way. Right? I don't want this to... I think my number one wish is just that the Dodgers don't get Juan Soto. After that, you know, it would be nice if you could make some moves, but that's like my biggest thing for me, honestly, right now. Can't wait to see Josh Hader on the Padres. Can't wait to see what other moves they make. And I really don't think that they're done, guys. So hopefully you enjoyed listening to some of my thoughts on this old move. There's a lot to it, man. There's a lot to it. There's a lot to that Josh Hader trade. We're probably going to talk about it more and more as the days go on and as the week goes along for sure, guys. But with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Locked On Padres podcast, guys. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, where I sometimes beg AJ Prowler to kill me in as many gruesome ways as possible, which is a dumb bit I do, or at L-O underscore Padres, where I change the Twitter icon to AJ Prowler cooking, because he's cooking right now, ladies and gentlemen. So go check that out. And of course, on YouTube, let's get past 400 subscribers. I think we're at 399 right now. That would be great. A nice deadline and post-birthday treat. Until next time. Stay safe, and of course, stay faithful. My Fire Faithful homies, take care.